Welcome to Courageous Parenting Podcast, a weekly show to equip parents with biblical truth on raising confident Christian kids in an uncertain world. Hi, I'm Angie from Courageous Mom. And I'm Isaac from Resolute Man. We've been married 19 years and have seen the fruit in raising our eight kids biblically based on the raw truth found in the Bible. We can no longer let the culture win the hearts of children. Too many children from Christian families are walking away from the faith by age 18, and it doesn't have to be this way. It shouldn't be this way. Join us as we start an important conversation about effective parenting in a fallen world. Welcome to the podcast. What a week. Hey, everybody. Today we have an awesome topic that we're excited to talk to you about. I think it's relevant to everyone in the world that has a kid actually. That's true. Regardless of their age. We always try and be relevant to what's going on and what always yes. will be helpful. But uh, parenting 24-7, homeschooling, work, church, and more. Right. Everything so, converged upon the home in the last week, didn't it? That's right. So a lot of people are experiencing a form of quarantine or yeah. at least not being able to go about their lives as normal because of the coronavirus. And we've had a lot of people reaching out to us asking questions about homeschooling. So we're going to talk about homeschooling in this podcast, actually talk about scheduling, how you can go from yeah. not having been homeschooling to homeschooling successfully and having a routine. Because um, a lot of people ask about also, that. Also, you know, with both spouses being home, that might be a new thing for some of you. Working um, from home can be hard. Working from home and, you know, the spiritual things when mm -hmm. you can't go to church So and leadership. So uh, this is good regardless, even post mm -hmm epidemic this will be a helpful episode for everybody that mm -hmm. has to balance these things all mm -hmm. you know, at home so and I, it's interesting that so we're talking about these things and just so you guys maybe you're a new listener here um this is isaac i'm angie from courageous mom resolute man yeah and we have eight kids so as far as the homeschooling aspect of things we have been homeschooling for a couple decades our yeah. oldest is almost 20. She is in her second year at college. She's home for spring break from Liberty University in Virginia. We live in Oregon, and she's actually not going back to school now because they've closed the school down, right? She just They're had doing day one online. of online school today. Um, so she's doing homeschool college right now, actually, because she's doing it from home. And um, we also have another son that is graduating. We have a few other high school, junior hires, a um, couple, in one in middle school yeah. age and a couple little ones. So our youngest is 18 months old. Yeah. And so we are walking in this with you. We have eight kids at home. Um, but Isaac has also worked from home and not worked from home. And even when I work from home, I usually go out to a coffee shop for most days during mm -hmm. the middle of the day, uh, just to give some space here at home. What Angie run the home and for me to be focused. And so mm -hmm. that's even changed for us. So right. we're in the midst of some change too. Yeah, exactly. So you will hear us sharing a little bit of the real raw, what we've been experiencing, what's not working, what is working. Um, and we want to encourage you guys because we've been doing this for a really long time. Yeah. And it's kind of second nature to us, this homeschooling lifestyle, yeah. which it really is a lifestyle. And I, I'm going to talk about this later in the podcast, but what, what a lot of people are thrown into right now is not exactly homeschooling. Schooling. It's school at home because they've been given school stuff and they have to bring it home now. And I think, so it's a I think little bit more different. it's like scheduling time, how to do all of yes. this and get it done effectively and manage this well. And so that it's it's a joy, not um, a teeth pulling hard experience. And so we're going to get into that. But also you mentioned something else. Church. Churches are not running the same way. Yeah. So that's actually something we can speak to. Because I'm sure technology is helping you. You're probably streaming uh, sermons and things like that. Um, but I think it, it goes beyond that. There's a unique opportunity right now for men to lead spiritually. That's right. Uh, and that's exciting. So we'll dive into this. Um, you know, mm. uh, one thing that's interesting. Wow. Incredible what's happening with this um, pandemic, uh, with the coronavirus. And it just seems if you kind of pay attention Everything is getting shut down. And one of the things God wants of us is our total and complete devotion. And he talks over and over again how idol worship is um, detrimental. And we don't realize it, but there's many things that mm -hmm. we can tend to start to idol instead of being focused to on idolize, God. Yeah. And that it could be money. So what is God doing right now? The economy is tanking. Yeah. Uh, it could be, you know, and this, think about your kids too. If you have some older kids, maybe it's actors or, or, or being able to go to the theater with friends. Well, what's closed right now, the theaters, 
you know, to sports are canceled. Sports are canceled. That Mm -hmm. could be idolized by uh, kids, certainly, and even parents who watch on TV. Uh, So or people who kids who are just super, super social. Right. We have some kids that are extroverted and being not able to go out and spend time with other people all the like often is hard for some of those yeah. kids and so and it could be idol even idol worship friendships and things like right. that not that it's bad but um all kinds of things could be happening work could be an, an, an idol, idol for people so you could go on and on and on everything seems to be temporarily mm-hmm. hopefully temporarily shutting down um and hopefully it all gets started soon we're all obviously praying but we might be in this for a little while and you know it's good to reflect on that because wherever there's idol worship selfishness creeps in and actually so the selfishness is what is revealed right and so that's how we're able to pinpoint what it is that we need to repent of because god says in his word that he's a jealous god yeah he does not want any idols in our life actually as believers we know this to be truth and the reality is is whenever selfishness starts creeping up that's when we need to ask ourselves the question oh wait a second what is this revealing in me Mm -hmm. what have I made an idol out of or what is that? Where's that selfishness coming from? Is it self-preserving? Is it because I've made that a part of my identity? Yeah. And now that I'm at home and I'm not working and I'm not getting the accolades from people, oh, I'm I can't like go to, frustrated. I, I can't go I, to the gym anymore. And so I'm getting restless and I'm getting angry at my kids. Right. And so it reveals a lot of sins that maybe could have continued on in us without ever having been exposed. Yeah. This is going to expose a lot of things, not just in the adults. It's exposing things in the kids too. And so having kids home with their parents where both are potentially struggling with this, yeah. and it, the kids. it could be a potential recipe for some serious issues. Some conflicts. Actually. Some in conflicts. Now, uh, some perspective here. I saw this meme online, and I'm going to give a version of it, but uh, you probably have relatives that were in World War II. My grandfather, you know, jumped out of an airplane um, and, you know, mm-hmm. did those kinds of things in World War II. Um, and, you know, we're, we're being asked essentially um, to do our part by sitting on the couch. Uh, <laughs> which, in which, our home. which is we're in a wartime right now. <laughs> I haven't been sitting on the couch. It's but, an invisible, yeah. invisible war, uh, which with this virus and it is the real deal. Um, those people who are saying, and we can disagree on this. It's fine. You'll still get a lot out of the episode, but there's people saying, well, what about the, the flu and this, and it kills way more people. Why are we making such a big deal about this? Well, it is way more deadly, way more viral. And when they do the models, uh, it shows way more deaths and way more yeah. destruction on top of the flu and everything else that's already happening. And, and on top of that, uh, inundating our healthcare system that can't handle it and all these things and having to make tough choices about who gets a ventilator and who not. These are, this is the reality right now. So, um, and, you know, if you have older kids, keep your kids home, right? You're saving lives by doing that. I, I would say that this is actually revealing selfishness within teenagers and the younger generations, because if they're not willing to to stay in like the government is asking us all to, yeah. right? Then that means they haven't been taught Romans 13, which we'll right. dive into here in a second. But that also means that they might potentially not actually be knowing the truth about what is going on, which yeah. is the parent's responsibility. So if you have kids that are doing that and they're being like, I just, I have to say this as another parent who has teenagers, like it is our responsibility as parents to be courageous and talk about the hard things. And yes, this virus and the reality of it is a hard thing to talk about because it's going to lead to having to have conversations about death, potentially death of grandparents. Like even saying like, this is super serious. We don't want to be around our grandparents if we've been exposed to it in this sense because we love them. It's out of love, not out of fear. And it's out of obedience to the authorities that God has placed in our life, which is being obedient to God. Well, the Surgeon General just came out. There's an article I just texted you before this episode. uh, He's just saying, hey, you know, it's going to be a really tough week because on spring break, a lot of young people didn't heed the warnings of the government. And they went and to the beaches and so forth. A lot of beaches, Florida beaches are being shut down specifically because of the young people and so forth. And we're not just to blame all young people. That's not what I'm saying. But a portion of them aren't listening. And that's a parenting problem. Right. It is a parenting problem. It's 
So I want to share with you guys from Romans 13 here. It says, let every soul be subject to the governing authorities for there is no authority except from God and the authorities that exist are appointed by God. Therefore, whoever resists the authority resists the ordinance of God and those who resist will bring judgment on themselves. So the Bible is very clear that we are to respect authority. God puts all government authority in place and we're to respect it. In fact, this scripture is Paul. And at that time, in this scripture right here, Nero was the, the leader of the land and was killing people, Christians and so forth. And so we just have to, so here's Paul, who's been persecuted, jailed over and over again, um, literally saying, we need to obey the government. Now, this isn't a whole episode on this. There's certain things we would not obey, anything anti-God, anything that yeah i mean if, if they if the government ever asks us to do something that's against god's word we would we, we, we wouldn't do it right we wouldn't do it but uh if there're things that the government's asking us to do to live in the land then we yeah. need to obey it and we need to model respecting the authorities god has put in place right and actually what they're asking us to do is so that other people don't die yeah. actually yeah. and so for us to be against them it's like a double whammy yeah. <laughs> right. And so I, I just, I, I'm sharing that verse with you guys because I'm hoping that you wrote that down. Romans 13. That's something that you should do a family Bible time on. Oh, teach it to your kids. Because our kids see what's going on in Insta stories with people they know and things like that. Yeah. And we're saying to, to hang back. Let's obey the authorities. They said, don't group up in more than ten people. For our family, that means our we, whole family. We can't <laughs> add one person to the, to the the group. But um, but there you go. So, um. Now, um, we've got um, we've got four points here, honey. Do you want to go through them real quick? Okay, so we're going to cover kids being home 24-7. Yeah. We're going to cover husbands being home. Mm-hmm. We're going to cover church at home, and we're going to cover homeschooling. Last. In that order. And so I hope you guys stick with us. But before we jump into those, we do have an awesome announcement, actually. Um, this week, I was able to be at a home birth, yeah. which was super exciting. And many of you guys may, may know that I have been a doula over the years, served at many women's births. Um I wrote Redeeming Childbirth. I'm the creator of the very first ever Christian postpartum course. In fact, there's no other postpartum course out there that teaches women how to heal naturally from all of the most common postpartum discomforts. Mm -hmm. And um, I always learn something new about what's going on in the community whenever I'm at a birth and I'm with midwives or I'm around the doctors um, because we have a few doctors that we're friends with and they're always very candid with us. And obviously... Things are changing. So in the hospital, they were no longer allowing an attendant to come with the couple. So Mm. they were only allowing one person in the room. In California, that's different to where they are only allowing women to birth alone, actually. Mm -hmm. And being in Oregon, we tend to be like a week behind California on a lot of things. And so we weren't sure if that was going to happen. So this one particular family decided to do home birth. And that was exciting. I was still able to be a part of that. But just having been there... And talking to um, just the midwife and also talking to other people who work in that industry, things are going to be changing drastically as of immediately. Mm-hmm. Like the hospitals are um, in need of help and they are they're encouraging midwives to not necessarily be doing postpartum care mm-hmm. after like two weeks, which is already like six weeks postpartum is not enough care in yeah. my in my perspective, because postpartum goes for a year. And here I am, someone who has a postpartum course, right? And we have this resource that has a 30-page workbook that teaches women how to heal from mastitis, how to heal from all of the common postpartum discomforts. Every single week, women buy this course. Yeah. And so we created it like three, four years ago. It was right after we lost Sayla. So about three years ago. And we've had hundreds of women go through it, just raving about it. And we want to make sure that this gets into anybody's hand who is pregnant right now. We don't want price to be an issue if that's an issue. Yeah. So right now, if you go to courageousmom.com, um, you can find, we'll also put a link in Courageous Parenting. I would just go to CourageousParenting.com, hit the show notes for this episode. Okay. Every resource we talk about is there and what she's about to share with you will be there. Yeah. So 
We, on the podcast. Yeah. So we have a pregnancy and postpartum bundle that comes with redeeming childbirth. And then we have just the Christian postpartum course, right? Which is all from a biblical perspective, but it teaches on homopathy, herbal tinctures, oils, supplements, nutrition, exercise, all the things so that women are equipped and prepared better for their postpartum so that they don't necessarily fall into the spectrum of postpartum um, depression issues, whether that's baby blues, stress, anxiety, postpartum depression, psychosis. There's a whole spectrum there. And I teach really in depth on that. Um, and you guys listen with what we're going through with the coronavirus. I, it just breaks my heart to think that moms could be three days postpartum or a week postpartum running into the grocery store, getting themselves and their babies exposed to the coronavirus, trying to look for nutritional supplements or medicine that's going to help them because they're scared to go to the doctor or going to the doctor and exposing themselves to the coronavirus because they have mastitis and they need antibiotics because they don't know how to heal naturally. So we're going to do something a little bit special. Normally, I think the price is over a hundred bucks for this thing. I forget the exact price, but right. we've had it on sale for a while um, for $59 yeah, and, course, and yeah. without the book. And what we're doing is we're giving it for free if you need to get it for free. So at CourageousParenting.com, hit podcast, there'll be a code. Feel free to use the code if you wouldn't be able to get it unless uh, you had the code. But if you can afford it and you want it, I would ask that you purchase it because that is how we support our family and so forth and supports the ministry and things. But if you can't, don't feel bad about it at all. Yeah. It is our gift. We want to give it to you if you wouldn't we be able to get help. it unless it was free. So, uh, so we're gonna give it yeah. free until uh, for for about four days. Yeah, and if you don't need the postpartum course, but you're like your heart is for women who are pregnant and postpartum, and you're like listening to this, going imagining yourself with a newborn baby potentially having to go to the doctor because you don't know what's going on and you have a fever and you're scared that you have the coronavirus, but really you just have early symptoms of mastitis. And you want to help other people to be able to get that for free. There is a donate button at yeah. CourageousParenting.com that you could donate to the Courageous Parenting Ministry. And you can also share the link on, and the code on social media saying yeah. this is free for a short period of time if anybody needs it for free. Right. So if you have a hard time finding this stuff, you can always reach out to us on social media. Also, I'm at Courageous.mom on Instagram and Isaac is at Resolute.man. So anyways, just we wanted to share that because it was on Angie's heart um, that women would have this no matter what and money wouldn't be a barrier. And it's our way of giving back during um, this tough time that we're all facing. For sure. So let's dive into the content. Okay. So right now, most likely, if you have kids, they are home 24-7, which means parenting 24-7. And... A lot of us have been living this lifestyle, right? Mm-hmm. But a lot of people have not been, and that can be a hard, hard but good thing, right? Yeah. It can be hard. There's you're discovering the good things, right? You're trying to make this uh, as good <laughs> of an experience as possible, but maybe you're discovering bad things like sin selfishness in yourself in your kids like we were mentioning before Mm. um sin is being exposed potentially the longer that you guys are together maybe you're starting to see that your kids are addicted to certain things i just want to say that's it's sometimes it's like wow this is so hard um but i would shift your perspective because your perspective kind of changes your how you approach things and your perspective should be wow I'm so glad I'm finding these things out. And when you're in close quarters for a long Mm -hmm. period of time, that's when you discover what needs to be worked on. It reminds Mm -hmm. me of our RV trip three months around the country with 10. So this is kind of like that. We're all in the home. Totally. And you're rediscovering and there's always new things to work on. There is always things to work on and you have to have the right perspective. And that's what we're talking about. This is something that we teach actually more in depth in the Courageous Parenting Mentor Program, um, which you can find more about that in the free workshop at CourageousParenting.com too. But this perspective is instead of being like, oh, they're doing that again, mm-hmm. or they're talking back again, our perspective should be, okay, Lord, help me to respond biblically. Help me to love my child well, to discipline them, to be consistent, to yeah. speak truth, to speak life. What does this reveal? Is there a relational tear in my relationship with them that I need to work on? Is there 
sin that has not been addressed? Have I been lacking in my parenting and not being consistent and pointing out things? Do my kids not have a teachable heart? And then thank God for the opportunity to see what there is because now you have an opportunity to actually work on it. I bet this happens to some of you, right? It happens in our home sometimes where you see your lack of diligence in an area as a parent Mm -hmm. and then you get extra mad at your kids for it. (laughs) when really it's your fault yeah Yeah, i mean there is also the element that when we talk about this and a lot of other podcasts more in depth so i'm just going to briefly say it kids mimic us yeah so you know if you have kids home for the first time and you're like why are they losing their temper or why are they emotionally breaking down yeah it could be that that's actually what's been modeled for them and so we need to look at ourselves in the mirror realizing that our kids do learn things from somewhere but also they don't have to learn how to sin it's in their heart foolishness is bound up in the heart of the child so we need to have realistic expectations of our kids take the rose tinted glasses off and be willing to engage on the hard topics that we are discovering so in romans 15 1 through 2 it says we then who are strong ought to bear with the failings of the weak and not to please ourselves let each of us please his neighbor for his good uh leading to edification for even Christ did not please himself, but as it is written, the reproaches of those who approached you fell on me. So we are not to be focused right. on ourselves, and the selfishness is coming alike, alive, uh, or awareness of it in ourselves and mm-hmm. in our kids. Being and, exposed. And what we need to do is we need to fight that. How do you fight selfishness? You focus on God, you pray, and you're in repent. the Word. Repent. And, and you're, you have and you're to repent. repent. Yeah. And you should do that as a family. And if you're not leading the family in scripture on a daily basis, you're going to have a really hard time with this. Well, and it's, it's, it's that. And it's also like, are you in the word and is your heart soft and humble? Because I'll just be honest with you to be a courageous parent, to be able to apologize to your kids, to be able to talk about the hard things. Let's just face it. Most people are not going to talk about sin in their child's life. If they are convicted that they also struggle with that same sin. Yeah. So then they're just going to not, they're going to avoid talking about that addiction or whatever it is, right? Like, let's say your kids are always on their phone, screen time, screen time, right? And you're realizing, oh, that phone is an idol. They are addicted to their phone. But yet you're the one that's sitting over there scrolling, scrolling, scrolling. And you're like, well, I'm not going to. I'm not going to be a hypocrite and tell them they can't when I'm doing it. Yeah. Or maybe worse, you do do it, right? And so either there's a lack of discipline actually happening and dealing with the addiction, or there's hypocritical parenting, which is not going to be effective either. So it takes humility. We have to look at ourselves just like Matthew 6 says, how can you do surgery and remove the speck out of your brother's eye when you have a plank in your own eye? And why is this? This is a phenomenon, right? The behavior and atmosphere of the home when no guests are there and then the behavior and atmosphere of the home when a guest shows up. Not that we're having guests right now, but just no, it think should about, always be the same. It should always be the same. And unfortunately, sometimes yeah. it's not right. And there's bickering and things like that. And then people are more careful with each other when someone else is watching from the outside. True. Well, why would we take each other for granted in that way? This is an opportunity. Uh, there's challenges, there's financial challenges, probably for some of you, there's all kinds of challenges, but let's look at the things that are good about this. What are the things we can redeem about this? Well, we have time as a family and where there's challenges, just just know that those exist elsewhere. A lot of people deal with these challenges, but let's deal with them. Let's Work Praise on God that you have the undivided time right now to actually dig in and get your hands dirty and do the hard work there's with part your of kids. Me, there's part of me that's kind of loving part of this right now. Not some of it. There's challenges for sure, but part of it, yeah. all of us being together, no distractions. And no it, and no one's ever asking to go anywhere. Like it's we're all been able really, to be together. There's a part of it that's been really good for us. Let's so, go into point two. Um, or, or well, yeah, else? there's just a couple just other things. Well, thing. there's there's like three little things, okay. right? On discovering the good and the bad and kids being home 24-7, right? You might deliver. see you might see that there's some bad habits, right? That maybe bothered you a weensy weensy bit before, but now it's like a big deal because They're you're bigger. together all the time. Yeah. And so you're gonna have to choose right now. You either have to choose what the Bible says, it is to a man's glory to overlook an offense. You have to choose that, and then that means you never bring it up again. That's in Proverbs. You have to overlook it or you have to deal with it and go Matthew 18. Yeah. And why is this? And usually Matthew 18 is because of being sinned against, right? So you need to evaluate. Are you just being nitpicky and controlling? Because that's your own sin, Yeah. right? And 
But at the same time, what is the fruit of that habit that you're seeing in your child going to create in them long term? And is that really, truly, is it sinful on their part? Like mm-hmm. you need to deal with the things that are sinful on their heart. Then there's bad attitudes, which are different than bad habits. Mm-hmm. Bad attitudes, right? There's respect potential issues, right? Which we have a whole podcast on yeah. why your kids don't respect you. Friendships, potentially detoxing. This could be a good thing for people who are like, man, my kids go to school and they hang out with all these kids that are bad influences. Right now, praise God that this is a detox time for your kids off of bad influence friendships. Yeah, That can be a good thing. But there may also be things about school that you're starting to realize right now. Oh, I don't know if I like that part of their education. As you're doing school with them, you're like, whoa, there's a really strong influence of evolution in this. Or, whoa, this isn't true. This isn't how I remember history. I lived through history. That's not what was true about that president. Maybe you're starting to see these things. Your eyes are becoming open to what your kids are being indoctrinated with. And you're going, whoa, I need to fix something. I want to get to point four, which is the homeschooling section. But uh, I'm going to skip the parenting mentor program commercial we usually do. But just go, if you want to find out about that, it's awesome. Go to CourageousParenting.com, hit podcast, or you can look at it. Okay? We'd love to have you in that. Yeah. But let's go to point two, because I want to spend some good time on point four uh, on the homeschooling stuff. Yeah. So point two is about husbands being home more. Okay? So this is... um, and wives working from home if they work. Right. Like so there's these dynamics where you're both together more yep. and these kinds of things. And you might be noticing less respect for each other starting to creep up. Um, you might uh, not have the right expectations. You have different silent expectations that haven't been talked about. And so it's rubbing one or the other the mm-hmm. wrong way. Uh, there might be you know, a need to remedy this. So here's our tip for you. You need to have many short marriage meetings. Many. Impromptu. Here and there. Hey, can I talk to you real quick? Because you don't want to do it in front of the kids. That's horrible. We make that mistake sometimes, but you shouldn't. You should go. As much as is possible, you should go and have those conversations where the kids are not around. Hey, normally, um, you know, this is something I take care of when you're gone. And when you did that, it just made me kind of of ruin my rhythm of the day. And so, you know. Oh, I didn't realize that. You know, it could be just little things instead of them building up. Here's a tip. So if the guys are used to working at home, let's say maybe they have people who work under them, a secretary, or maybe they have a receptionist or someone that does their scheduling or just anybody, an intern, who knows, right? Anybody that they're over. Your wife is now not that for you. Like with work, she actually has a job at home that she has to to run and that's called home managing and now she's also educating the kids right and so you guys just have to have a conversation maybe she can help in those ways i mean we are the help needs yeah and so there's that element of like okay what is really crucial what do you need help with what do i need help with but this is an opportunity for you guys to come together as a team and maybe you're not maybe nobody's working because there's no way to work from home and what you do and so now there's just extra time together well uh, definitely whoever was working out there you should be taking on more to be helpful. Not just uh, home sitting on the couch. I know I've been cooking more than I usually do. Yeah. Not nearly what you're doing, no. but, yeah. but but helping. But it's been different just because we've been having to do more wiping things down as yeah. they get delivered, different things like that, right? And so there's just it's there's more work that needs to be done. Yeah. And um and so we're helping each other out more. And by the way, husbands, um, it's super important right here. Here's a scripture, Proverbs um sixteen thirty-two. One of my favorite movies, I probably shouldn't say this, but it's Gladiator. I really, I, I, <laughs> I, I can't really, believe he's talking about Oh, this. man. I just, you know, I, I just really like that you guys, movie. guys, he wanted to name one of our kids Lucius a long time no, ago. No, I did not. That's a bad name. So, <laughs> it's a little kid's name in the movie. Yeah, Anyways. Yeah, maybe I did. You I did. It was when we were naming okay. Luke. All yeah. right. It looks better. Yeah. So, um, but this is, you know, we have inside of us that desire to be a hero, to be uh, a warrior, even some of us, some of us not, but some of us to be a manly man and to take care of things and so forth. So I'm going to give you the scripture here that is about being that hero. That Maximus. That, that warrior. <laughs> Which that is Maximus. another name he really likes. <laughs> yeah, Maximus is a good name. Maximus is always on the baby <laughs> list. <laughs> oh, come on. Tell all our secrets here. They're going to think I'm crazy. <laughs> he who is slow to anger is better than the mighty. Oh, that's how you be a warrior. And he who rules his spirit than he who takes a city. Okay, your eyes are so funny <laughs> right now. You guys are watching YouTube. I just okay. love this verse. That's such a good verse. And it's uh, that's how you be a great hero of your home. 
right there. Slow to anger. Slow to anger is better than the mighty. He who rules his spirit is in control. Self-disciplined is better than he who takes a city. So this is a really powerful verse to also teach your kids, right? Because we want them to rule their spirit, to have self-control. We want them to be slow to anger. Yeah. Um, and so this is another good passage to be memorizing. Again, that was Proverbs 16.32. Now, here's the deal. Uh, we're going to go into point three and then homeschooling here. Point three is uh, we're doing church from home or we're streaming it through the TV and things like that. So spiritual leadership, maybe Bible studies and youth group has been canceled or if you guys do those kinds of things. So um you know, all these things. We'll go into that in a second. But first of all, there it's really, really hard for a man to lead if he has secret sin, if he has challenges that people aren't aware of, or even if um, the, the marriage is aware of these challenges, um, it can be very, very challenging. Anyways, let's dive into point three, honey. Point three is church at home. So as you know, you see a lot of churches live streaming, and that is one thing that a lot of people are taking advantage of. Isaac, actually, when he was leading us in home church on Sunday, he said, do you guys realize there's probably more people going to church today than ever before because of the live streaming? I remember when you said that, and I was like, wait, what? Oh, yeah, you're right, actually. I'm, a, I'm an optimist. I like looking for what's positive going on. But no. I'm also a realist, and I share what the realities of things. Yeah. And so, you know, obviously, live streaming can be helpful for yeah. guys in leading their families, right? Um, however, we have actually been doing home church for four years yeah. Now, um, Isaac what, church planted almost a year ago. Yeah, with a couple um, other couples. Yeah. And um, I mean, obviously, we did that together. Yeah. Not just you, right? As a family, we church planted and some other families came with us. And it has been a really growing experience for yeah. us, for sure. Um, but one of the things that we are seeing now, and one of the, what, why don't you share about what you've been encouraging the guys in our church since we're not able to meet? Because there's like almost 50 of us that meet together. So I just put a little video and I shared it with them. And I said, hey, you know, you could easily hit play uh, and listen to incredible professional pastors that have sound biblical doctrine. I'm not saying don't do that. That's awesome. But just make sure that's not in place of your spiritual leadership. And what a unique opportunity to prepare a sermon. And even if someone out there who is a brand name pastor is more eloquent and puts their words together more in a, in a fancy way and understands the Greek and maybe you don't and these kinds of things for your family, every word out of your mouth is more powerful even if it doesn't come out is with as much eloquence. When you teach scripture, you are the God-authorized leader and pastor of your family. It doesn't mean there can't be other pastors, but there's nothing that surpasses your influence. I mean, I, something just came to my mind right now that might be an encouragement to you is the concept of leaving a legacy. The pastor that you are walking under, because when you choose a church, you are choosing to be under the submission of the church government actually yeah, right because yeah. there's diff three different governments there's family government government and yeah. then ch church government right yeah. and when you choose to be a member of a body a part of a fellowship a part of a body you are under the authority of that leadership mm -hmm. that's biblical and however your pastor is not going to leave a legacy in your kids only you can do that Mm -hmm. actually. And so if you have your Bible open and you're reading scripture, that's what your kids are going to remember, not what the pastor preached on Sunday, actually, mm -hmm. because relationship is what God is about. Do you think what the pastor says streamed through is going to impact your family culture more than you teaching scripture that is catered to what you see happening in your family, your mm -hmm. specific family? Well, it's going to be way more powerful from you. Hey, we have a scripture for you that's going to be super encouraging. It's 2 Timothy 2 or 3.16. So 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 16 says, All scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, thoroughly equipped for every good work. We teach this in the Parenting Mentor Program in more detail, but you got to use scripture. Why wouldn't we? We tend to parent in our own strength often in the moments that matter, and we don't even realize it, when we could be using God, the all-powerful God, and his words to help us parent and, and to be referencing that. 
is it what mom says? Uh, they should respect and listen you know, to what mom says. Even but example, let's yeah. but let's add in. Yeah, it's what mom says, but it's also what God says. Right. You're disobeying God by disobeying yeah. me. Why wouldn't we include the scriptures into our parenting? We absolutely and have God. to. Yeah. I mean, how many times when you're in anything, in any instruction or any discipline or any correction, anything like that, you always want to be pointing your kids to God, not to yourself. Yeah. We can't save our kids. We want to point them to the one who can save them, right? The worst and thing so, you do, yeah, just do it because I said so. Oh, that's really effective. That not, is going to totally yeah. destroy your trust of your leadership in the teenage years. Oh, Oh, yeah. And actually beyond that into adulthood. So I would just encourage you guys that if you're sitting there thinking, well, but I, I'm not, I'm not you, Isaac. What would you say to the guy who is thinking, I don't know the Bible very well. And we just read this scripture that. Yeah, I'll, I'll be honest with you guys. I'm still learning a lot about the Bible myself. Okay. And secondly, um, you don't have to have an online ministry or be a pastor or any of that to do this. You can literally pick it up. Let's let's do it real quick. We're going to go to Proverbs, okay? And now let's say I'm sitting with my family real quick, and I'm just going to flip. If I can even find Proverbs, it's kind of hard for me to find. Maybe it's hard for you to find sometimes. You're so funny. All right. Okay, Proverbs 12, and I'm, I'm just going to pick it. Whoever loves instruction loves knowledge, but he who hates correction is stupid. Now, hey, kids, we don't use the word stupid, but it is in the Bible. And in this regard, it's a good thing to look at. So when your mom is teaching you during the day, um, if you hate correction and you don't like your mom's instruction and you show that, what is the Bible saying you are? Being stupid. Okay, so whoever loves instruction loves knowledge. You need to love, knowledge is important. And you're going to be doing school. So we need to have a love for knowledge. It's preparing you for the future. So you see how we're telling the kids, we're giving them vision, we're giving them perspective. So I just gave you an example. I literally didn't know what Proverbs 12 was. I literally flipped back here, found it, read it, and that would have been a good thing. Here's another one right here. Yeah, I just pointed oh, yeah. at Proverbs, Proverbs 11. 11 uh, verse 2. Verse 2. When pride comes, then comes shame. But with the humble is wisdom. So, so what does pride look like, kids? And what does humility look like? Well, humility is more like, um, you know, in, in your not having to know it all. Not having and that's to know. the whole point. I mean, if you are literally a parent and you're thinking to yourself, I don't know how to teach the Bible. You or I don't know the Bible well enough. Like that, that, that reality, that word. Let's not have false humility. Yeah. But let's stay humble always, regardless of if we're a mighty theologian or not. Realizing, recognizing that hey, God's gonna frustrate the knowledge of the knowledgeable and the intelligence of the intelligent because He is the unchanging, omniscient, omnipotent, all-knowing God. That's who He is. That's not who we are. Yeah. However, we can actually experience the power of the Holy Spirit giving us gifts like the gift of knowledge and the gift of wisdom. And the more that we're in the word, it says that those who have eyes may see and those who have ears may hear. The more you're in the word, the more you're going to see, the more you're going to hear, you're going to make connections. You're going to remember what you read before. Just like when we're talking, like I'm not planning out these little things that come out of my mouth. You're not either as so, we talk about scripture. So so the point was, why did I go to Proverbs? Because that's wisdom literature. And if you don't know the Bible very well at all, it's just a really easy place to start. Yes, and just, it's easy for kids to understand. It's easy for kids to understand. Yeah. It doesn't have to be long, but you do need to be teaching. And you could wrap a sermon around that. And how do you write? I did a post the other day. Well, a little intro. Uh, you know, pick your scripture first and then think about how this impacts your family. What's the most important point about it? Read that scripture, read it again, study your commentary, put an intro, a couple points as you go through the scripture, and then make sure there's one action item at the end or two. Mm-hmm. And you've got a nice little message. And that would be more powerful than listening to anybody online, frankly. And I will say, like, there's going to be stuff that's exposed in this, just like there's stuff being exposed about your kids being home 24-7. There's stuff being exposed about your husband being home more or about you being home, you both being home working together, whatever your circumstances are. There's going to be stuff exposed about doing church at home, right? Like as you're sitting there and you're trying to teach 
your kids, if your kids are not being receptive, they're not paying attention, they're scrolling through their phone, they're being disrespectful, that is exposed. Instead of getting mad at them, you need to realize and go, wow, this was really needed. Thank you, God, for this opportunity for me to see where their heart towards you actually is and where their heart towards me actually is. And now I need to work at that. Do you see what I'm saying? Like yeah. there's going to be parents where they sit down and they try to read the Bible and maybe they can't get that kid to get out of bed. And they're like, well, we're going to meet without them. And you've got some of the other kids there. And you you have to engage those kids. You have to deal with the relational terrors. You have to deal. It's not just your relational terror. It's a relational terror between them and God because that's yeah. what sin does. So on Sunday, we had worship songs playing from you had your phone. And it went through the speaker and yep. uh, we sang along with it. And some of us are better than others. I'm the one that's not better. And, <laughs> and uh, you know, we had a good time. We had a great time. We had a great time. And then I prepared um, a sermon. And we prayed. Uh, and we prayed. You we can even requests. do communion together. You can uh, or not. It's, you know, it's flex mm -hmm. on, you know, that. But at least get into the word of God and pray together. And that's the key. That's right. It's about and, discipleship yeah. and meeting together. You're the pastor. Yeah. And to so embrace that role. To, well, I don't have the gift of teaching. Um you don't have to have the gift of teaching to teach what's in the Bible. To just read scripture. Because you are, regardless of your spiritual gifts, you are the teachers of your kids and you are adequate and it's powerful no matter how it comes out of your mouth. Amen. Okay. So super important. Let's go into the big topic. I bet a lot of people want this homeschooling. Homeschooling. Yeah. So first of all, um, I know that it's hard. Um, I've been doing this for a long time. Probably be what you call a veteran homeschooler. If we had stopped having kids at four, do you realize that I would have all kids either in high school or graduated yeah. in like a few months? Yep. That's crazy. But we have homeschooled our kids all the way through. We did put our oldest daughter in first grade at a private Christian um, elementary school for first grade one year. And then we pulled her back out again and we're homeschooling again. Um, and so we've done every grade and I never saw myself as a teacher. So if you are the type of person that's listening right now going, I never wanted to be a teacher, hello, I can totally relate to that because when I was a kid and I was writing down what I wanted to do when I got older, teacher was at the very bottom of the list. And so it's ironic that God uses us in our weakness so mm -hmm. that he is glorified and he is strong. And I just have to say something that if you are a parent, you are a teacher. Mm -hmm. That is not something that I realized when I was a kid. Um, I thought that teachers had to go to college and get a degree to be a teacher. And then they so were encouraged. the ones with authority. So be encouraged. You are a teacher. And first of all, you don't have to be like your kid's teacher was at school. You need to be yourself. Yeah. What your kid needs from you is you, not them. And um, I get it. This is the situation that we're in with the coronavirus and what they're asking of us, right? is not normal. So as you are experiencing homeschooling right now, um, there's a couple things that I just want to point out. Um, you have a free trial for homeschooling, right? So if you've ever wanted to see what homeschooling was like, that this is a season to experience part of that. And I'm saying part of that because our homeschooling has been a little bit derailed. Mm -hmm. This has not been completely normal for us. If you are interested in knowing what I'm talking about regarding socialization and activities outside of our home that we are normally a part of, you can listen to that podcast on homeschooling and socialization um, that we did in season one of this podcast. Um, but what you're experiencing is not quite fully homeschooling. And so I'm, I'm going to first say that. Secondly, um, you have to get past your own expectations and past experiences. And this one I can speak to most profoundly from my own personal experience. Years ago, when I first started homeschooling Kelsey, she was um, in preschool. And I thought that I needed to recreate the traditional school experience for my kids. So when one of the local schools that was in our neighborhood decided to buy new desks for the kids and they were giving away all of their little desks, I went over and I grabbed four of them because I was pregnant with my fourth at the time, brought them all home, wiped them down, started um, creating a school classroom type feel, right? Where at the top of the desk, they had their name written on a little piece of paper. We had 
you know, the weatherboard, how to tell time, the ABCs all plastered on the wall, all these things, right? And you may be thinking, I don't have enough room for that in my house. How yeah. did you do that? You don't need right? to. Right? And I'm just saying, you do not need to recreate the traditional institutional classroom experience to homeschool. And it took me a year or so to figure that out and that that what I was doing was actually a symptom of me impressing upon, imposing upon my kids my experience that I had in the traditional public classroom. And so homeschooling, the cool thing about it is that it can look like how your family wants it to look like. And so not every family needs to look exactly the same, right? You have some freedom here. Now, if you have been given schoolwork to bring home, which the majority of you have, that is much that is also very different from what homeschooling is. With homeschooling, you can cater your child's education based upon their learning styles, um, delight directed study so that you're encouraging a love for learning, reading good classical literature, um, literature that is Christian values-based, different things like that. And I would just encourage you that you can add that in. I mean, your kids, like we said, they're home 24-7 now. And so school actually does not need to take the six to eight hours a day that it was taking while your kid was at school. So you need to eliminate that expectation from yourself. Um, in fact, one-on-one -on -one teaching is so incredibly much more effective than one-on-30 that you can actually take, if you were to sit down and really knock it out, you could probably get school done, depending on the age of your kid, between two and five hours. And why I say five hours is because my high schoolers spend about five to six hours a day doing homeschool. Um, and But you guys, they're also doing Latin and chemistry and debate and logic and like some really tough topics, right? If we're, if we're just doing history reading and we're reading a biology textbook, we're answering those questions, we're doing math, it can take like three hours-ish, yeah. right? And so I would just say that, you know, there's different expectations based upon how old your kid is. You need to, this is the point where you literally have to guard your heart from the comparison trap. Do not look at what other women are doing and that's kind of a funny thing for me to be saying because here I'm teaching it. Mm -hmm. But I have had to protect myself and look instead to scripture and what I believe God is impressing upon my heart to be focused on with all of my kids. And that means as a whole, as a family, what are we focused on? But then individually, what does each kid need? For where they're at. Um, one of the other aspects about homeschooling is that you can continually be stimulating your kids. So as soon as they master something, you can move on to the next thing. You may get to a place doing one-on-one -on -one school where your kid is flying through their math. Maybe not, but maybe it's a different topic that they fly through because they it just, they get it. They enjoy it. And then all of a sudden they're done with it. And they're working on their other stuff. Well, guess what? You guys have an opportunity right now to kind of do what homeschool moms do then and look up curriculums online. I highly recommend going to christianbook.com, uh, Christian Book Distributors at cbd.com. They have a homeschooling tab and they sell all kinds of curriculums. There are hundreds of curriculums that are out there that are Christian-based um, and they are are, they come with a teacher's guide, so they give you clear instructions on how to teach the different spelling curriculum or the math curriculum. Um, and so if your kids really, you find out, wow, they actually really like history, you, you can go there and you can find lists of good history books to read. What if you were to, instead of, can you know, you finish the history because your kids love it, and then you assign them to read some missionary biographies, mm -hmm. or they read about the bubonic plague, right? Mm -hmm. Or the time of Martin Luther, or um, they, they're reading about different things that actually can relate so that they're learning from past history that have walked through plagues and how that applies to us today. What lessons did we learn from history and how does that apply to today? That's when you bring history alive, right? I'm just using that as an example. Um, reading the Bible on a daily basis needs to be an absolute, like the days that we do not start out as a family doing family Bible time, the yeah. whole day is off, right, Isaac? Yeah, yeah. It makes such a huge difference for us to, and it's not just, you said this last week, you said, it's not just family Bible time. We are meeting together as a family, hearing each other's hearts, 
praying for each other. Especially right now. I, I did announce that because we just need to come together at the start of the day. I want to know if anybody uh, is a little bit fearful or has questions or things like that. And I want to be able to pray for our family and relatives. Yep. And I want to be able to have coffee right. and discuss how things are going. And hey, Angie, is there anything everybody needs to know yep. before we break? And yep. okay, let's read scripture and let's pray together. Right. And, yeah. So we'll just, I'll just go through briefly um, kind of what our day is looking like. Now, the last few weeks have been a little bit off just because of everything that's been going on. Obviously, some women in our church had babies. And so I was yeah. gone some days, different things, right? right? Um, but on a typical day, we will start out, I will get up earlier than some people and start making breakfast. Mm -hmm. We usually have oatmeal and all the fixings and we'll sit down at the table and have family Bible time, which you lead us through. Mm -hmm. um, but everybody can participate in that. Yep. Do you want to just share briefly what that looks like for the guys? I mean, I just kind of said that, yeah. but um, we chit chat at whatever point I think it's good to start. I, I go, okay guys, let's, we're going to read in here. Get usually your Bibles, around 830. You know, yep. let's, let's dive in and this morning, it was really simple. Uh, I just read Psalm 125. There wasn't a lot of explanation around it. It was just a hopeful, encouraging Psalm mm -hmm. about God's promises. And sometimes I'm digging into multiple scripture, scriptures, multiple yes. scriptures, a little bit more. It's whatever the spirit's leading. As long as I'm reading the word of God, then the spirit leads me into what I should read. Now, I'll be frank. Sometimes I'm not reading the word of God and I just pick it up and I pick something. Yeah. So either way, there's no excuse not to. If you leave yourself a way out, you'll take it. So, oh, I'm not in the word, therefore I can't teach my family. Oh, the enemy just won. Oh, you're going to let the enemy win? You like the enemy beating, beating you down and beating your family down? No, you're going to read the word of God. So we do that in the morning and sometimes it's quick and brief. And, and then sometimes it takes like an hour and a half, you know, so right now because we have more time. Right. Um, but usually it's like 40 minutes. Yeah. On, it's so about we, half of that. We go around and pray and I always make sure I reinforce anything that helps Angie. Um, mm -hmm. And I ask her, is there anything that's important to talk about? before we go into the day. Oh yeah, we need to talk about our dishes system. Oh, we need to talk about attitudes when attitudes. we're doing chores or oh, whatever it is. Yeah. And so having that um, support from Isaac in the morning is really powerful for me because that's a point where he's able to say some of the hard things to to the kids actually that I've kind of been keeping him, giving him private intel in the last few days. Um, and he's able to address things so that mom's not always the if there's if there's a good cop bad cop and I'm the one that's parenting all day and I'm dealing with sin during the day, it could be viewed that way. And yeah. so it's just helpful to kind of balance things out to have dad be starting out the day going, hey, remember respect your mom, things like that, um, and that that's super super helpful for me. Um, then the by that time usually the kids are they're supposed to be ready mm -hmm. to be going on the day before we do that. Sometimes some kids are lingering and doing things afterwards for a little while, and then they get started on their schoolwork. Yeah. Um, we have always trained the kids to do the hardest thing first, which I know that if you've been listening to the Courageous Parenting Podcast, you've heard us talk about this before. This is really an important skill slash habit slash what else would you call it? It's just a cultural driver. It'll transform really. their results later in life. And if you do the hardest thing first, everything else is easy and you're more effective with. If you save the hardest thing for later, everything you do is less effective because it's still on That's your right. mind. So teaching your kids to pick the hardest subject, the thing that is hardest for them, because if they don't do that first, it's going to be the thing that's in the back of their head that's making them agitated, frustrated, maybe um, anxious, stressed out, and they're not going to do their best work on their other things. So it's important to get the hardest thing done first, which is actually going to require you to probably sit down and help them. And so um, I spend probably, I don't know, between three and five hours um, doing school with various kids. Um, there are certain subjects that just require more help. And it's actually dependent upon how the kid is wired. Um, our older kids, when they were doing logic, it was like three hours a week just with those. But our fourth son, it just like clicks because he's got that ability to be good at coding and things like that. And so logic just comes naturally to him. Um, so I did invest, you know, two to three hours during the first semester. And now he's kind of got it down to where he's able to really um, explain it well, even. And so, you know, each kid is so different and you are probably finding out right now what subjects are hard for them, actually, mm -hmm. for the first time, if you haven't been homeschooling. And that can be kind of hard. This is a point where you need to keep your frustration. This is not about you. This is about your kid. You want to build their confidence. They already know what is hard for them. And so you need to be building them up and encouraging them. You need to have confidence 
and not go, I don't know, I'm not the teacher. Don't ever say that. That relinquishes authority. You need to assume authority because you are the authority now. Um, You do need to remain humble. And if you don't know the answer to something, instead of saying uh, or pretending that you know what you're talking about and getting agitated because you don't actually know, instead you can go, hey, you know what? I don't actually know the answer to that, but we can figure this out together. Did you hear me? This is very, very important. When you don't know the answer to something, You need to show them that you are willing to do the hard work to find the answer. And that models for them how to search for things, how to be an independent learner. And if you do that, especially in their, you know, fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh grade, by the time they're in eighth grade, ninth grade, 10th grade, 11th grade, 12th grade, they are going to be independent learners, which is what you really want. You want to give them the skill of being able to figure out how to learn right? And that they would love to seek out learning. But that comes from your attitude and what you model to the kids, right? Just don't overcomplicate it. I think what Angie, all this is such sound wisdom. Sometimes when we're insecure about something, we overprepare for something. And then if we think we have to overprepare, we don't do it as well because it's a stressful situation. It's stressful for you and stressful for the kids. And there's actually, you know, people, different people are different, right? Some people are, there's the fight or the flight syndrome. And so some people will go towards the homeschooling. Other people are going to be like, hands in the air. I don't want to do this. We're just not going to do it. And you can redo that and grade. Ass- and I'm assuming most people have their curriculum that they're using because right. if they were in public school, you were given something. Yeah. But you can... Put in your own stuff. You can make some adjustments, I'm sure. And if you're not public schooled kids, your kids aren't public schooled and you've been homeschooling and you have questions about curriculum, we can't go into it right here. But um, we definitely do in the Courageous Parenting Program. We actually yeah. have like lists of what different routines, what a mild, moderate, and a um, highly scheduled day looks like. Um, and we teach that in depth in the Courageous Parenting Mentor Program. It's actually one of the whole sessions, right? Because yeah. it's about living a disciplined life and being productive and With growing in work ethic. And and, like that. Yeah. So I'm not going to necessarily go into the curriculum stuff here, although I will just throw a couple names out. If you have preschoolers and you're trying to keep your kids busy, look into my father's world. Um, look into five in a row. That's a Charlotte Mason method, which there are different methods of teaching. Um, Charlotte Mason method is particularly um, known for being literature-based education. And the good thing about that is that you are then investing in good literature and you're able to have really good discussions with your kids. If you want another resource to look into for just good literature, I would highly recommend Lamplighter. We love their audiobooks. We love their books, um, that Teddy's Button. All of these books will lead your kids more to the Lord. And it just is helpful in addition to what you're already doing with scripture, right? And so there are are many resources out there. And there are actually, I would say, look up free homeschooling resources right now because tons of companies are giving free trials. They're giving free products away. Um, Take advantage of everybody's generosity during this time online because there's a ton of it. Um, I would say as far as scheduling goes, you have to have a meeting with your kids and you have to lay out expectations, which means you actually have to develop the expectations first. So you need to have a meeting with your husband. You guys need to look at what your kids have to do, what they've been brought, what they brought home with them. Evaluate what is the most important or what is potentially the hardest and try to create an expectation of schedule. The great thing about doing school at home is that you can, if you have a kid that just likes to plug it all out and get it all done, they can do that. But if it's better for a kid that maybe has a a hard time with attention span, then they can actually do like an hour and then take a break, jump on a trampoline, do a half an hour, take a break, jump, you know, do some pushups, um, you know, play a game, have a snack, go to the bathroom, come back, do some more work. And I just want to encourage you when you're sitting there and you're exercising patience, that's really hard to exercise because you have your own agenda, things you want to get done and you're teaching math, you're teaching something and they have questions and you literally realize, I literally need to sit here for a while. I've seen Angie do this a lot. I need to sit here a while. Uh, Realize it's not only that you're teaching them right then, you're cultivating a relationship that echoes into the future that puts you as the most important teacher in their life. So mm-hmm. when they hit the teenage years, they're going to ask you for a device. Whereas if you don't establish that teacher learner relationship in a strong way when they're younger, they won't want mm-hmm. advice from you later. And I've seen, I think sometimes we have to see forward and see the bigger why uh, to be patient in the moment. No, that's very true. And I also think that there is 
an element where we have to be able to talk about the the student-teacher relationship and if our kids are having a teachable heart. And if they are not having a teachable heart, that is a sin attitude issue in the relationship that needs to be dealt with. And I, I just, we want to encourage you guys with um, Deuteronomy 6 here, which is a, this is a chapter that is used at a lot of homeschool conferences. Um, and earlier on, I mentioned if you're a parent, you are a teacher. And this is where that comes from. Um, in Deuteronomy chapter 6, you have God here um, talking to Israel. And verse 4, it says, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength. And these words which I command you today shall be in your heart. You shall teach them diligently to your children and shall talk of them when you sit in your house, when you walk by the way, when you lie down, and when you rise up. You shall bind them as a sign on your hand, and they shall be as frontlets between your eyes. You shall write them on the doorposts of your house and on your gates. And then it continues down in verse 13. It says, you shall feel the, fear the Lord your God and serve him. You shall take oaths in his name. You shall not go after any other gods, the God of the peoples who are all around you. So he's talking about idols for the Lord, your God is a jealous God among you, lest the anger of the Lord, your God be aroused against you and destroy you from the face of the earth. I would just encourage you guys though, to read through all of chapter six. This is such an encouraging word earlier in verse two. It says that you may fear the Lord, your God to keep all his statutes and commandments, which I command you, you and your son and your grandson all the days of your life. And it continues on. And so this is definitely, this is a legacy chapter in scripture. This is um, an encouragement to us that we are teaching our kids all the time. And as we have our, our kids with us 24 seven, this applies like in all things, we need to be humble so that we are confessing our sin to them because that models for them what it looks like to be humble. And we need to have teachable hearts also. They need to see us in the word learning. They need to see us trying to figure out the hard thing in the math or in whatever they're working on so that they also have that same diligence. Um, but we also need to be clear and um, to have grace as leaders. We need to be full of grace with our kids. Um, I don't think that it's irres irresponsible or um, for us to have expectations of our kids to do chores during the day. So we actually have certain times during the day when we also expect that. So last scripture, and I think this will be helpful to the guys too. Uh, Paul says this well, and I, brethren, when I came to you, did not come with excellence of speech or of wisdom, declaring mm -hmm. to you the testimony of God. For I determined not to know anything among you except Jesus Christ and him crucified. Oh, thanks goodness. I know yeah. Jesus Christ and I know about the cross and salvation. Yeah. Well, if I at least know that, that's the foundation of education. Right. And, and then he says, I was with you in weakness in fear and in much trembling. Whoa. And my speech and my preaching were not with persuasive words of human wisdom, <laughs> but in demonstration of the spirit and of power, that your faith should not be in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. So let that be an encouragement, whether you're spiritually leading in the home um, or whether you're educating yeah. your kids. So lastly, we just have a few little tips for making your day go a little bit easier. So first, start out the day with God, whether that's putting worship music on, doing family Bible time, or if your husband is working and you could put on a podcast even, right? Mm -hmm. But somehow start out the day with God. Start out the day connecting with your family. Um, and then the, the next big tip would be having a plan as a mom um, for what your food is going to look like for the day. This is a big one for people who are not used to having their kids home 24 seven. And so having a meal plan of some kind, or at least thinking, um, eight to 12 hours ahead so that you're preparing. I, um, love to do oatmeal. That's a fast thing that you can do on the stove, but you can also do it in the crock pot overnight. And then it's ready in the morning so that you can get an earlier start on your day, or, um, you can start setting up breakfast and then go get ready. Um, another thing that is super important is dinner because homeschooling can be, there can be those times where you're sitting and you're doing hours of work with a kid. And then all of a sudden you look up and it's two o'clock and you haven't fed your other kids lunch yet. Or maybe you missed putting the toddler down for a nap or something like that. That has happened to me before. And so you, on those days, it's usually because I haven't planned ahead. I haven't been aware of what was going on during the day. And so I would just encourage you to 
somehow keep your eye on the time, um, put different kids in charge of different meals, like different lunches. We are rotating who is helping with different lunches. Um, and then utilize tools like the crock pot for dinner or putting a roast in the oven that needs four or five hours, right? You can do that at lunchtime while the kids are making their own sandwiches um, and do a sandwich bar, taco bar, something like that. Um, but the point is, is that this, this lifestyle of homeschooling is not something that you have to do alone. God is actually there ready to lead you, to guide you, to give you the strength that you need to make wise decisions, but also it's something you do as a family. So think about shifting. You don't have to be the only one preparing meals. You don't have to be the only one doing these things. You can actually teach your kids. This is an opportunity to teach them life skills, work ethic, character qualities, being part of a team, helping other people. Those are the aspects of homeschooling that you do actually get to do a free trial run of experiencing on a day-to-day basis that can be a huge blessing during this time, that can actually bring your family closer to one another. When people are serving together and they're serving one another, their relationships grow stronger. So while you're in the midst of maybe dealing with more sin than you're used to, there are good things, right? Mm -hmm. Growth happens in the valley. We know this. Um, And God wants to walk with you through it. And it's going to be a time where you're all growing and learning if you have a humble heart and you're ready to learn together. May we all grow closer to Christ during this challenging time. And let's rejoice in our sufferings and know that God is only good. And let's teach our kids that. Thanks for joining us. See you next time. Hey, thanks for listening to this episode. We wanted to quickly tell you about our six-week online parenting mentor program. Isaac and I created a powerful biblical curriculum. Here's how it works. Each week, Isaac and I release a video with a downloadable parenting packet to make it easy for you and your spouse to incorporate those teachings directly into your parenting. It's an incredible program where we cover everything from obedience, training, to overcoming mistakes most Christians are making. But more than that, it's an incredible community. You'll have access to our private online group, live webcasts, and the Courageous Parenting text message line where Angie and I can send you weekly encouragements straight to your phone. If you're interested in joining our next online parenting mentorship program, secure your spot now at CourageousParenting.com. That's CourageousParenting.com.